Hey, what's up guys? Thank you for joining me for another video. This is Dr. LeHue and today we're talking about how to stay married. And uh, I found an interesting magazine a while back called The Science of, of Marriage and it came out um, this year earlier. I think it was in uh, about May. And I've been reading through it and some interesting articles. Of course, it's not from a Christian perspective, but it can still be very helpful to us. And uh, in one of these articles, it was talking about, you know, the expectations that we have for marriage are higher than they've ever been. And people, you know, um, um, are focused on, you know, getting their need, their needs met and uh, have these unrealistic sometimes expectations. You know, gone are the days where we thought of marriage as, you know, uh, a relationship between two people uh, to, to, to have children and to establish a family. I mean, the expectations are much higher than that now, than just compatibility. Um, people, you know, can go online and they can, they can uh, with technology assisted, um, you know, virtually look through maybe 10, 20, 30, hundreds of pictures uh, of potential mates. And uh, they're kind of like lining all those up to see which one do they think will give them the best, the best deal. So getting married, you know, is easier now than it's ever been. Um, the, the laws and the restrictions and the hoops and the hurdles that you go through to get married are, uh, you know, easier than they've, easier than they've ever been. And um, separation is also easier than it's ever been. There's less stigma attached to, uh, to couples splitting up. In fact, you know, instead of feeling ashamed for splitting up, the uh, the shame is now associated to those who would stay in a loveless marriage or a happy, uh, 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 an unhappy marriage. So, you know, if you're if you're staying in a marriage that's difficult, you might have friends and relatives that you know, kind of make you feel like you ought to be ashamed for for. Um, um, you know, like being so stupid to uh, to stick it out. So we're definitely swimming up against you know the current in this day and age. Um, you know the 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 war that was fought in the past was to be able to break out of marriage if you weren't happy. You know that was the 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 goal. You know the challenge was is to overcome the stigma of breaking out of a marriage. And now I think that's no longer the challenge the challenge now is how do we stay together you know with with so many marriages splitting up around us and so many marriages breaking up and there really isn't much difference between marriages you know in the church and marriages outside the church or marriages among christians and marriages you know among people who don't claim any kind of religious affiliation there's not a lot of statistical difference you know so the real challenge now is you know not how do I find the right partner or how do, um, um, how do I, you know, break it off if things aren't going well. But the real challenge that I think each of us are facing is how do we make it for 50 years? You know, how do we stick it out? How do we get along? How do we overcome the barriers and the obstacles and realize, you know, one of the great barriers is the one you bring into the marriage is just your expectations. If you have, what would be considered unrealistic expectations as to what this marriage is going to give you, then there's a good chance those 
aren't going to be met and you're going to be disappointed and disappointment is going to lead to frustration and contempt and that's going to um, maybe motivate you or cause you to think well maybe I need to be done maybe this isn't working out this is too much frustration this is too much you know conflict and uh, we're not getting along we're not you know close like we used to be and so maybe it's best if we just end this and just say that the the love or the romance is gone so the real challenge you know for this generation is how do we stick it out how do we how do we overcome how do we overcome you know the we don't want to go to the humdrum dry boring marriages of our grandparents you know um, but on the other hand we want to have realistic expectations as to what you know marriage is going to be um, so I thought this article was good this first article I'll, I'll look through these and we'll talk about them in these videos but um, um, one of the things that they noted was in our culture now that there's a lot of older people getting divorced or what you might say empty nest divorce you know we raised the kids we stuck it out you know we did the right thing and now you know we've grown apart the kids are gone so why do we keep pretending maybe we ought to just call it quits and you know live the next 20 years of our life try and be happy and so there's a lot of of uh, maybe second marriages among older couples or the empty nest divorce that that's unusual in fact it says older people divorce rates are up among this group they've doubled as of 2017 a report in 2017 that they've doubled among people past age 50 uh, over the past 25 years so that's pretty significant change uh, older people you know saying that you know they've stuck it out long enough and they're, they're not taking it anymore they're done social media has been an effect has had an effect on marriages you know um, it's easier to to maybe connect with people other than your spouse and that's good you know I mean you want to be able to connect with family and friends and all that but maybe uh, maybe it's become so easy that you don't necessarily need to depend on your spouse as your primary source of connection so you could like lean outside your marriage I guess and um, you know through social media through FaceTime and Skype and Facebook and you know all these other great resources we have you could you could maybe develop too close of a relationship and become too dependent you know too chummy I guess with people uh, maybe from your past you know old flames or old girlfriends or boyfriends or whatever um, or people that maybe you see get divorced you know somebody that you were friends with and that uh, you had an inclination toward but of course they were married and you were married but now you see they got divorced and they're single again and so what might start out as you know just friendships could develop into something you know that you don't intend that could maybe pull you away from the marriage and the reality is guys is you know, Willard Harley's proved this in his uh, his research of his needs, her needs, is the people that are are meeting your needs, whether those are conversation, you know, whether those are needs for affection or uh, whatever they are. I mean, people who are meeting those needs for you, um, that you allow to meet those needs, you're going to start to feel a romantic interest in those people, you know, and it's not necessarily something you're that you want to happen. It's not something necessarily that you 
you know, are expecting to happen. But as people, you know, pour into your life, and if you've shut yourself off in contempt, you know, against your spouse, and now you're reaching out to people external of the marriage, and they're pouring into you and showing interest in you, you know, um, what's going to follow is very possibly, you know, some kind of romantic interest within you that you're going to assume is love. You know, you're going to say, oh, I fell in love with this person. Um, when really what's going on is the person's just meeting your needs and it feels good when somebody meets your needs and you're going to find yourself drawn to that person. So uh, with all the different you know avenues that people have to connect with one another nowadays, I think this problem you know is only um, uh, increased or exacerbated. So I think you know the the stigma associated with separating and the stigma associated with divorce is is less than it's ever been and there's a stigma now associated with those that you know stick it out like you're you deserve to be unhappy because you're you need to you know you you're holding on to these old ideas or ideals about marriage and so that's your own you know you're just if you want to suffer then that's just that's just your problem uh, i think is the way maybe people might think about it so one of the things that they point out, you know, in this article is that is that one of the most dangerous destructive forces in your marriage is something I've already mentioned is contempt. Um, and so there needs to be within you in your marriage, you know, this sense that we're going to avoid contempt at all costs. Meaning if I find myself getting frustrated or angry or upset with my spouse, then I need to either just get over that or I need to talk about it or I need to work through it or I need to you know what whatever i got to do to get to forgiveness and to get that bitterness out because once it gets in it just starts to ruin the relationship and the contempt you know can be in, expressed in the way you talk to each other it can be expressed in the way you talk about one another um and uh, you know it may cause um you to withdraw from the marriage it may cause you to become very antagonistic to the marriage but they say, listen, just listen to how it said. Contempt can set off a lethal chain reaction. It kills vulnerability. In other words, we don't want to be vulnerable or intimate anymore. I mean, we may, be, we may go through the motions, but, but we kind of like put ourselves away in a safe, protective layer, you know, and we don't want to be vulnerable. And they say vulnerable is a prerequisite for intimacy. Without intimacy, commitment becomes a grind. Okay, and maybe think about like with kids and their parents, you know, when they don't feel loved by their parents, then they're just obeying. And that obedience, you know, becomes, um, you know, a discipline. But there has to be love in, in, a, in addition to the obedience that, that a child, you know, shows to their parents. Otherwise, it just becomes an opportunity for rebellion. If there's no love, if it's just following the rules, and eventually the child's going to become disheartened and probably rebel against his parents. And so in a marriage, you know, if there's, if there's contempt and contempt is allowed to grow and it's not dealt with and we don't have communication, we don't sit down and talk it through and, and get to, you know, a settlement and get to a resolution, then... You know, people are going to start to shut off. They're going to start to close their spirit, you might say, against one another and not be intimate. And intimate just means letting yourself be open, you know, letting yourself be open to each other. And so 
um, that commitment then becomes a grind. And you know, it's hard for us in this day and age to stick with things that are difficult. And if your marriage becomes difficult, then what happens is people just say, you know, I think it's over. I think we should just be honest. They'll say it like that, you know, that we should just be honest and admit what, what it is. So, and think about this, remember? Um, what breeds contempt? Familiarity, right? Familiarity breeds contempt. That's the old saying. And so I think one of the things that happens in marriage is we become, we become too familiar. In other words, we... Not that we're spending too much time together, because I don't think most couples are spending too much time together, but we just, I, could, I think you could say it like this, we start taking each other for granted. We start minimizing the value and importance of one another, and we start taking each other for granted. And that familiarity we have with each other starts to breed contempt for each other. Um, so we find it maybe hard to apologize and to forgive, and so disagreements you know, start to develop. Um, one of the things they noticed in the in the study was that, and that's what this is. It's an article about you know some studies that have been done among couples. The most successful couples are those that embrace each other's interests. Um, that's good. That's really good because some of the things my wife's interested in, I'm not, <laughs> and I know some of the things that I'm interested in, she's not. I mean, but you know the thing is, is we always show interest. We always demonstrate interest. And so she'll tell me about, you know, something she's learning or something that she's developing in her work. And and I'll stand there and I'll listen to it. And I ask questions because I'm interested in her. And I think sometimes, you know, we feel like, well, if I'm not interested in what they're doing, then why do I have to stand here and listen to this? Or if I'm not interested in the subject, you know, then then. I'm not going to stand here and listen to it. I've got other things to do. But see, this is, this is, I mean, think about this. This is so important is, are you interested in your marriage? Are you interested in the happiness, you know, in being faithful to your commitment and overcoming the odds? Uh, if you're interested in your marriage, then you've got to be interested in the person. You've got to be interested in your spouse. And to be interested in your spouse means you're going to be interested in the things that are interesting to them. I mean, here's, here's the sentence right here. Um, uh, obvious idea that actually works number two is to find shared interests which can help offset the changes that relationships go through the most successful couples began to embrace one another's interests and I think one of the things we do in marriage is we kind of say well you have your interest you know you have your craft room with your stuff and I've got my you know, my magazine collection or my whatever, and I got my room, and then we go our separate ways. And we kind of do that mentally and maybe to our own peril. So learning to uh, get interested in what the other person is, that's what you do with your kids. I mean, that's what we do with our kids is, you know, I don't care anything about Pokemon or Minecraft or, you know, any of that kind of thing, but my son does. And so I, I, I'll at least talk to him about it and let him tell me about it even though I'm never going to master that information because I don't personally, I'm not interested in it, but I'm interested in him. And so I'll show interest in that subject because I'm interested in my relationship with my son. So I think it's very similar in our marriage. Sometimes the obvious things, guys, are the things we miss. And that's why I think this is so helpful. Uh, so think of things that we like to do together or maybe start, you know, try some things. Just start simple, you know, maybe just go for walks or riding bikes or, 
you know, something simple that we could do together that we we enjoy. Um, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I hope it's helpful to you. I hope it's encouraging you, it, to you. As always, like, comment, and subscribe. Share this video with somebody you think will be helped by it. And uh, make sure you're present to life. All right, guys. Take care and blessings.